to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. God, just everyone who, this may be their first time here. God, we welcome them, but we say now, thank you that they're part of a big family, your family and Heartsease Family Life Church. May your blessing be upon everyone, each one of us. God, touch us and speak to our lives today. In Jesus' name, and everyone say, amen. What a phenomenal message Kingsley Armstrong brought to us last Sunday. I mean, that was absolutely phenomenal. That was, if you grab a hold of that, your life will never be the same. And if you weren't here last Sunday, shame on you. Where were you? Come on, what excuse do you have for missing the best place in the world to be? And you need to be here, and we've got what more choices, so less excuses. If you want to sleep in, you can come at 11 o'clock. If you have lunch with grandma, you can come at 9 o'clock. Come on, there's no excuses for you to be in the house. And we want you here to be faithful each and every week. And here's something else we're asking. Are you ready? Be on time. Be on time. Church doesn't start at 10.10 anymore. Some people, I think, still show up at that time. Church starts at 9 and starts at 11. Be here on time, ready to be involved, because I believe something powerful can happen in your life when you're in the house of God. I just truly believe that. I was brought up like that, and I'm not disappointed by how I was brought up, because powerful things happen. I've been charged and encouraged this morning, amen? My battery's been recharged. Don't have much sleep these days, you know what I'm talking about? But you get in the presence of God, and God can recharge your batteries. And I know you may say, well, God can speak to me anywhere. Yeah, He can. You're right. God can transform you anywhere. But one thing I've learned is this is a special atmosphere, a special atmosphere when we can get rid of the distractions and we can come into the house. And God himself said, do not forsake the assembling together. Church, don't, ex- don't neglect church. And he says, even the more as the day approaches. You know what day he's talking about? The trump, we're gone. The rapture, we're out of here. God says, even more as the days draw close, this is where you need to be. So come on, build your family in the house. So remember, Kingsley's talking about the five loaves and two fishes. I just want to give a couple of points of what Kingsley said just to reiterate today. This is not our message, but it's a great message. Are you ready? So here it is. The first thought is this. It has to be blessed before it can be multiplied. It has to be blessed before it was multiplied. Talking of the five loaves and two fishes. But listen to this. Before it can be blessed, it has to be given to God. If we want God to bless our lives, and we're talking about thanks bringing, we're talking about the tithe, we're talking about bringing back to God that which is already His. If we want blessing in our life, if we want God's supernatural power to work on our behalf, we've first got to include Him into the equation. 
was first got to make him the focal point. Come on, if we want multiplication, if we want God to bless us in ways that he promises in his word, and it's truth, his word is truth. Come on, his word is truth. It's not for someone else. It's for you. Listen to me. It's not for your neighbor. It's for you. Yes, it's for them, but it's also for you. So don't say, well, I guess I'll never be blessed. You'll be blessed if you follow God's instruction and if you live according to God's word. But it first has to be given to him that he can bless it and that he can multiply it. And listen to this. Only what is given away can be multiplied. We saw that in that story. If the little boy would have held on to his lunch, he had no power to be able to multiply that lunch. Come on now. No one else possesses the ability to bless your life except God and God alone. Come on. He's the blesser. He's the one. But we first have to give it to him in order for it to be multiplied. And here's what I believe happened in the story of the feeding of the 5,000. I believe that when God lifted up that loaves and he blessed it, he broke it and he gave. Here's what I believe happened. I believe it multiplied in the hands of the disciples as they broke it and gave it to other people. I believe it multiplied in their hands as they gave. How do you know this? The Bible doesn't say they carried 12 baskets around and fed it to all the people. The Bible doesn't say that. They just had something in their hands that fed a multitude. But the Bible sure does tell us that there were 12 basketfuls that were collected at the end. Come on. There was an increase at the end. But it was blessed as it gave. I'm telling you, the blessing that you possess in your hands. I really believe that you, what, control the destiny of your life. Well, what about God? Well, of course, as we give our lives to God, as we put God first, but we have to do it. Come on, we have to take the first step. We have to take the first move. And as we believe God with that, I really believe that his ability is so great that he can undertake in your life. There is no one else the last time I checked out there that can take a Long John Silver's Happy Meal. I wish they had a Long John Silver's in town. I like Long John Silver's. No one else can take a Long John Silver's Happy Meal and feed a multitude. But it's only God. And I'm telling you, God can do the same for my life. God can do the same in my family. God can do the same for my future. And you're not catching it. He can do the same for your life. He can do the same for your family. He can do the same for your future if he's first. If we bring to God, he can bless it. He can multiply it. And it multiplies as we give it away. Why would I say that? Because it sets, I believe, the foundation for where we are going today. And you may turn around and still say, Pastor Philip, I don't believe that's true. If you are one of the people today that says that's not true, it's because you haven't given. It's because you haven't put God to the test. Because everyone in here who has put God to the test is able to amen with a confidence. Because they know, I don't know how it happens, but when I put God and involve Him in the equation, it always balances out at the end. I may not have my wants, but I take care of all my needs. Come on now, God supplies all my needs. You see, today we live in a society that tells us, along with so many other things, but the society we live in tells us today that all we need is more. 
If you just have more of something, then you'll be okay. Well, I'm having problems in my life. Well, you just need to be more in love with your husband and wife. Well, of course you do. But that's the answer the world has. Well, you know, I'm struggling. Well, you just need a better job. Come on, you just need a bigger home. You just need nicer stuff. You just need the right friends and more of them. You just need a greater position. You need a greater fame. Come on, the world says if you have more, more, more stuff then that's got to equal having everything you've ever wanted. That you'll find contentment, that you'll find fulfillment. Wrong. Let me say that again. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And we have convinced ourselves of this thought. If I don't have enough, how will I ever have enough if I give away that which I have? See how the world has told us that you need more, and it's not through giving, it's through hoarding, it's through selfishness, it's through keeping for yourself. We've got to be very careful because we know that the world is opposed to God. Come on, listen to me today. The world is opposed to the way of God. Be honest with me today. I mean, church is a good place to be honest anyway, isn't it? But I think we should be honest all the time. How many of you have ever said words like this, if only I had more money to do blank. Come on, you can fill in the blank. Come on, if only I just had more money. If only my boss would pay me more. If only I could get that promotion. Come on, money, money, money. If I just had more money. But here's what I want you to see today. Here's the title of our message today. Listen, the answer to the problem is not more money. The answer to the problem is not more stuff. The answer to the problem, it's God. Come on, it's God. That was a good time for you to say amen in the message. Just let me help you out there. The answer is not money. The answer is God. God is the answer for everything that you need. You just need God, period. End of story. Not God and. Anyone seen that new Ford Fusion ad on TV where they're driving along and they're loving their car and the guy turns around and says, I'm glad for the and. I'm glad it's not nuts and bolts. Anyone seen that? And the guy's fixing a pool in his yard and he says, I wonder what these bolts are for and the pool falls apart. Why? Because you need the and. Listen, we don't need the and when it comes here. Come on, it's not the wealth of this world and God. We just need God. Come on, we need God. We need God to provide for us. God to help us. Well, how's God going to pay the bills? God's going to give back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together. But he's what you need. Come on, as you seek him, the Bible says you will find him. Come on now, I'm preaching in the house today. Look what Jesus says, and this is our key scripture for today, Matthew 6 verse 24. Jesus says these words, no man can serve two masters. In other words, it's impossible to serve two masters. For either you're going to hate one and you're going to love the other, or else you're going to be loyal to the one and disloyal or despise the other. See the picture he's painting here. But then he says some very strange almost words. He says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Notice that you cannot serve God and mammon. Some translations say money, which I believe is wrong, really, in the translation of this, because it's more than just money. And we're going to explain that later, okay? It's not just you can't serve God and money. You've got to understand there's a little bit more to that. So notice what it says, God or mammon. So what is mammon? The word mammon is Aramaic word, which means riches. It literally means riches. 
It became to be known as literally a God of wealth. The children of Israel, you would read of it, that they were taken into captivity. The Babylonian Empire took over them, King Nebuchadnezzar and others. And if you would look, and we haven't got time to go into it, but if you were to research the Babylonian Empire and what was important in that empire, you would see that it was founded and built upon pride and arrogance. That it was all about pride and arrogance. They flexed their muscles and they were big and bad. And it was all about them. It was all about what they had accomplished. It was all about what they had. Their stuff. Their fame. That they were this. That they were that. And you know what those attitudes say? Those attitudes of pride and arrogance spells out this. We don't need God. We don't need God. We just need to be self-sufficient. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we have stuff, stuff, stuff. And the more stuff we have, the more kingdoms we conquer, the greater we're going to be. Who's God? Who needs God? In other words, then to sum it all up, mammon is that which says we don't need God. We don't need God. That you just need to trust in riches and more of them. And I want to tell you something. Mammon is the spirit of this world. It's the spirit of this world. Notice again on verse 24 what Jesus said, what we just read. Jesus said this, It is possible for you to serve the world and not God. Did you notice that? He said, you cannot serve God and mammon. So Jesus is saying, you can serve God, but it's also possible for you to serve this world, to serve mammon, because you can't serve them both at the same time. He said, it's impossible. You're going to love one, hate one. You're going to be loyal. You're going to be despising. There's impossibilities here that you can have the best of both worlds. So what does that mean? How does that play into my life? Because this is what I'm interested in. I want to know how this affects me on a daily basis. I want to know where this fits into my life. And here's where it comes into play. What have I told you today that the biblical sense of the word mammon is the spirit that rests upon money? That there's a spirit of this world that wants to be over everything you have. Now, stay with me here because I'm not going crazy on you. I know there's some people out there that believe that everything's a spirit. That you just need this and you need that. And and as children of God, that you can be possessed. I, I don't believe that. As children of God, a house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe there's oppression, but it's not possession, okay? And if we would just concern ourselves more with making the right decisions, come on, instead of worrying about all these spirits, if we would just make the right decisions in our life, then the issues wouldn't be the issues that we face in our life. Just a little bonus for you right there. Okay? But think about this. If there is a presence, if there is a spirit upon money, upon the treasures, upon the riches of this world, what you and I possess, our money, our wealth, our future, is either blessed of God or it has the spirit of the world upon it. You can't serve both. It's either one or the other. So I wonder today, your wealth, your riches, what you have, I wonder today if it's got God's blessing upon it, and we know what unlocks the blessing of God, Him first, bring Him back to Him, or we can have the spirit of mammon upon it, which is the spirit of pride, arrogance, that will just literally suck us dry. So it's either God's or it's the world. It cannot be both. And why can it not be both? Because Jesus said so. Don't get mad with me, get mad with Jesus. Take it up with him, because I'm just telling you what he said. 
And we know which one is fighting the hardest for our attention in our lives. You know which one wakes us up every morning? The spirit of mammon. Come on, when we turn on our TVs, what do we see? The spirit of mammon. Come on now, when we go to work, what do we hear from people? The spirit of mammon. That If we had this and if we could just be this and that, if we looked like this, if we, can you see what's trying to grab us? If you buy this, do this like this. And think about money for a moment. Think about greenbacks. Think about actual money right now. Think about the power and the manipulation that money contains. The control that people can have over other people because of money. How we can buy people with money. Think about that, the control that there is upon the riches and the things of this world. But I'm telling you right now, that's not the answer. That's not where we're going to find the answer for our lives. We need to have God's blessing upon our money, upon our lives, upon our future. And let me remind you again what Jesus said. You can't serve God and the spirit of this world. Mammon, you can't serve them both. And you've got to understand, for everything that God has available for us as his children, Satan has a counterfeit. For everything that God has for his children, Satan has an imitation. He has a fake. He has something that's phony. It may look the same. It may almost fool other people around. But when you get down to it, come on, it's a fake. It's not real. It's not what. Now, listen, it's real in the sense of what? That it's real in the sense of that it appeals to us and it blesses. You know, we think that's where our blessing is. But it's not real in the sense that it can bless our lives. Listen to me. God is the only one that can bless our lives. Satan comes and says, you do this, this and this. Here's the blessing. Come on. He's real in what he's saying to this what? He's appealing to your appetites and desires. But he's not real in the fact that he can bless your life. Because he does not possess the ability to do that. So when God says the pathway to blessing is to bring him and put him first with our tithe, that means that Satan has another option. He has another way for us. Because if God says this is the pathway to blessing, the counterfeiter, Satan himself says, no, 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 don't go that way. Let me show you something really quick. And I haven't got time to stay here. You've got to see this. Satan is a created being. Satan was a created being. He was created by God. Therefore, Satan is just like every one of us. He does not possess the ability to create. You've got to understand this. Satan can't just wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to do this and make something out of nothing or whatever. All Satan has the power to do is to take that which God has already created and screw it up, mess it up, twist it, change it, deform it, deface it, and deceive us with that. You've got to see this. You've got to understand this. So we see this in John 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's the only thing things that Satan can do. Kill us, to steal from us, and try to destroy our life. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life. He said, I've come to give you true life, and not only life, but you would have life what more abundantly. So Satan, here's where he plays in. The one who cannot create, the one who cannot produce blessing in your life, here's what he does. He convinces you and I that he possesses the ability to bless you where it's not within his power or ability to do it. He only can twist, as I said, that which God has already given. So here's what he does. He baits us with the pursuit of more. But when we have more, then what? We want more. And then we have more, we want more. Because if the answer to the problem is money, then how much money is the answer to the problem? 
It's never enough. Because we'll always want more and we'll always want more. So it's a pursuit of emptiness trying to fill a God-shaped void. Satan cannot bless your life. He can only bring that which God has given to you and he can take it to places where you don't want it to be. Come on now. He's just going to take you down and destroy your life. Oh, what about this person? They're being blessed. Oh, they are? Go and talk to them and see if they're sleeping at night. We can look at all these sports stars and say, well, Satan's blessing them. There's no peace in their heart. There's no peace in their home. Everything they have is a false sense. It's not truth. It's not reality. It's an imitation. It's a counterfeit. But God is the real deal. So we've got to understand this mammon, the spirit of this world, that which cannot create for us but only can take from us, that which Satan uses stands in complete opposition to God's way. Mammon says if we want blessing, we've got to buy and sell. Where God says if you want blessing, you've got to sow and reap. You see, the spirit of this world says, if you want to go ahead in your life, then you've got to cheat and steal. Where God says, you've got to give and receive. And now let me make this clear that money and mammon are not synonymous. What do I mean by that? They're not the same thing. They're not. So when we say, well, you can only serve God or money, it's not really true because money in itself is not the problem. Come on now. What do I mean by that? Money isn't inherently evil. The Bible tells us this in 1 Timothy 6 verse 10. Look what it says. And many people have misquoted this and misunderstood this. But it says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith. Notice this. Through money, they've strayed away from God in their greediness, in their pursuit of mammon. And they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It's not money. Notice this. It's not money that's the problem, but it's the love of it. It's the worship of it. And that's the root of all kinds of evil, causing many, as the Bible told us, to stray away of God and the results speak for themselves. The love of money is having a greed. It's covetousness. It's selfishness. It's that love of it. Those are the things that manifest of the spirit of the mammon and the spirit of the world, which tells us and leads us to believe that if we have the right credit cards, the right clothes, the right car, the right neighbors, knowing the right people, then it's going to equal happiness and fulfillment. Come on, say with me, wrong love. It's the wrong love. That is the wrong love in our lives. Matthew 6, 21. Don't have this scripture, but listen to it. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be also. Your heart follows your treasure. What you value the most, what you give. Living, if money is what is the treasure of your life, where's your heart going to be in the things of this world? But when God's your treasure, guess what? Your heart's going to be secure and your heart's going to be safe with Him. Listen, Jesus is not telling us to hate money, is He? Did He say that? No, He didn't say that. We need money to live. Jesus is not telling us to hate money. He's just saying that if we love God, we will hate mammon. We will hate the spirit that's upon it if it's not blessed of God. The greediness, the selfishness, the lying, the deceiving spirits that operate through money worship. The worship of money. Remember the title of our message, the answer to the problem is not money, God is. But here's how we think many times, and I'm as guilty as you, please, I'm as guilty as you. And here's how we think so many times when there's a big need or there's something that we really want in our lives. Here's what we say, I need God either to change my circumstances or I need someone to drop a truckload of money on me. 
Come on, I just need to hit the jackpot. Come on, I just need a, a big payday. So I need God. If you can't change my circumstances, then I'm looking for this world. I'm looking for someone just to give me some money. Come on, just for checks to come in, just for me to hit the jackpot. But what's happened with that thought pattern? What am I allowing filtering into my way of thinking? I'm allowing the counterfeit, the spirit of mammon to begin to determine the outcome of my life. Come on, I'm allowing a fake. I'm allowing a substitute to try and position itself before God. And remember what God told the children of Israel, something so important that he made it first of the Ten Commandments. God said this in Exodus 20, verse 3. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. Notice the gods on there is small g. What is he talking about? Those who are not real. Those which are counterfeit, which maybe promise you so much, but at the end of the day, they are nothing and they're not real. It's me, it's me, it's me. I need to be first in your life, God says. So let's revisit that thought. If only God could work on my circumstances or give me a boatload of money, then my life would be complete. Here's what we're saying. We need either God to work a miracle or we need more money. Did you catch that? That's what we're saying. God, I either need you to work a miracle or I need more money. And we're determined that more money is not the answer. And that's a lie that you and I have bought into because we don't need God to work a miracle or for money. We need God. Come on. We need God, period. We need God to work in our lives and then for him to teach us stewardship and how to handle what we have and what he's already given to us. Come on. Which is all his BTW. And you know BTW, by the way, that's all his. Come on now. It's all his, by the way. And God needs to teach us with that. And listen to me today. And I know I'm repeating myself, but they say repetition is still the best form of learning. So learn today. There's no excuse. Learn, 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 learn today. Look what it says. When we receive or when we return to God, when we bring back to him our tithe, that which is already his. Okay, guess what happens? Here's the promise. He redeems the rest. Come on, say that with me. He redeems the rest. Come on, say it like you mean it. He redeems the rest. Come on, he breaks the spirit of this world. He breaks the spirit of that which cannot bless my life. He removes that from everything I have. And now his spirit that can bless, his spirit that can multiply comes upon that. I love that. When I return and bring to God my tithe, God handles everything else. God takes care of it. God blesses us and he multiplies it. And every one of my needs will be met. You see, your tithe, bringing to God his portion first, breaks the spirit of this world off of your money and off of your life. Praise God, I'm going to tithe them, pastor, and it's going to break. The spirit's going to come back. You think the spirit of mammon's going to leave you quietly and quickly and say, man, I guess we've lost another one. No, guess what? The spirit's not going to leave you alone. That, that desire to have the world and the things of this world is, is a nature that's inside of everyone that, of us that wants to rear its ugly head. And that's why we've got to realize that we've got to continue in this. We've got to keep giving to God and keep bringing to God. And as we do that, it's going to bless. Think about it this way. Your paycheck this time, you pay your tithe on that. God has blessed that till the next paychecks come in. Come on, that's how it works. God blesses that till the next opportunity. Then he can bless that too because of the spirit of this world is upon us. Everywhere we turn, just turn on the TV for a few moments and you can see the spirit of mammon, the spirit of this world. 
And if Satan is so opposed to you doing it, if there's a struggle, if there's a fight, it, you know why Satan is opposed? You know why the spirit of mammon wants to attach itself to you? Because Satan knows greater than we do many times the blessing that God has available through this principle, through giving to him. And Satan wants to destroy us from that. He wants to rob us, to keep us from that. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Remember, he doesn't want to bless. He wants to take from us. Satan is not your friend. The devil is not your friend. So if he's not your friend, you need to stop talking to him and you certainly need to stop listening to him. Come on, stop taking his calls when he calls. Come on, saying, Satan, sorry, no one's here. And guess what? If you want to talk to someone, talk to my dad. He can handle all my problems. I'm not handling my problems anymore. I'm trusting God. I'm putting God first in my life. So Satan, if you've got an issue or problem, go to my dad and let him handle it. And I know this is new for many of you. And some of you may say, well, I'm not really sure about this God and mammon stuff. Well, we just read it's either God or the things of this world. You can't be a part of both. Some of you may say, well, if it were true, I don't even have enough really to be a good steward. It's not relevant to me. It's not relevant to my future. But I'm telling you, if you are in a place like that where you don't have much, you need to exactly hear this because I'm just telling you in a loving way. And that is this. You'll never have enough if you don't embrace the principles of God. You'll never have enough until you give to to God and bring back to God. Well, I don't have enough. You've got to give. It's in giving that the multiplication comes. It's that as we give it that he can bless it. He can multiply it back to you. So here's where God starts, almost done today. Here's where God starts. Luke 16, verse 10. God starts at the beginning. God says, he who is faithful in that which is least. Notice this, God says, if you're struggling with this, then let's strip it back. You've got to start from the beginning. He who is faithful with that which is least also will be faithful in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So what does it say? The New Living Translation says, are you, unless you are faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. If you cheat even a little, you won't be honest with great responsibilities. So what has the Bible just told us? What has Jesus just told us? We must be faithful with a little before he can be entrusted or before we can be entrusted with more. What am I saying? Let me break it down to your level. If you're not paying tithes on $100, you'll never pay tithes on 10000 If you can't be faithful where you're at right now, you're never going to be faithful where you think you're going. And where you think you're going, if you're not including God, money is not the answer to your problem and you're never going to get there. The only way to get where you need to go is through God because His way is the best and His way is going to take you. Why? Because He's the blesser. He's the one that can bless your life. And as we give, as we're faithful even in the smallest things, we bind the spirit of mammon that's upon our lives, upon our money. Come on, that which is totally opposed to God. Listen, God is looking for people he can entrust with true riches or more. Because he knows a person who is unjust with a little will be unjust with more as well. Read on in verse 11 and 12 of Luke 16. It says this, Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, riches, money, wealth, who will commit to your trust, notice this, the true riches. God's got true riches for your life. Verse 12, And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, why should God, who will give you that which is your own? Why should God bless you? With that, you know what that's telling you right there? Can I make it practical for you? If you can't show up on time for work and give an honest day's work for someone else, why do you think God should bless you with your own company? 
Come on, that's what God's just said right there. If you can't be faithful in what is someone else's, but you can even break it down further. Everything I have is God's. So if I can't be faithful in that which is already God's, guess what? Why should God give me more in my life? Why should God entrust me with more? Can you see how the Bible is so practical to your everyday life? Well, I want a promotion. Well, you better be the best worker you can be right where you're at. Well, I don't like my boss. I think my boss is a jerk. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to make your boss look good. Because guess what? You make your boss look good, he or she will be promoted. And then guess what? There's a vacancy for you. Come on, you're talking and making them look bad. You're not going to get promoted that way. You're just going to be labeled as being a negative person who causes problems in the office. And who wants them? If your boss is that bad, then make them look that good so they'll be promoted. Get out of your hair and then you can be in their position. Come on now. Come on. Preaching the truth right now. Verse 13 then goes on to say, no one can serve two masters. Wow, we've read that scripture before, haven't we? You either love one, hate one. You cannot serve God. You see, faithfulness produces what true riches, say with me, true riches, true riches, not money. Money is not the true riches. But you know what the true riches is that God wants to produce in our life? Here's what faithfulness in the little thing produces true riches. Here's what true riches are. God's blessing upon your life. That's the true riches. That God working supernaturally on your behalf. That's true riches. Well, what are they, Pastor Philip? Whatever you need. If that's what God wants to do and bless your life, I'm not going to limit them to a list of things. I'm just telling you, true riches is God blessing your life as you bring to him and he'll give back to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together and running over. Notice this. God wants to bless you supernaturally. Supernaturally. You do the natural. God does the super. Come on, if we don't do our part, then it's just super. God's not interested in being super. He's interested in being supernatural. As you do your part and you trust God, that's the natural part. It's hard to do, but you do that. God puts the super to your natural. Come on, don't you like that? God's the super in your natural. God handling your affairs. That's true, riches. God taking care of my family. God taking care of my health. God taking care of my home. God taking care of Kerry and his family as they go. That's the true riches of blessing that we need upon our lives. So listen to me today. It's not how much you have which matters. It's whose it is. It's whose it is and that changes it all. If we say we belong to God, then we need to realize that all we have is His. Come on, our money, it's not our, everything we have is His. And as we realize that, come on, as we bring back to Him, He'll bless it, He'll bless it, He'll bless it. You see, Mammon paints a vivid vivid picture of the pathway to success. The world says, if you want to be successful, more, 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 more. You just need more. But really what they're saying is you're going to find more, but it's going to be more emptiness, more disappointments, more frustrations, more hurts. And the higher you go, the further it is to fall from. The world says all you need is more stuff, more things. Well, here's what God says in giving. You shall receive. Look at this, Luke 6, verse 38. Given, it will be given to you. Good measure. Sorry, wrong scripture. I gave them the wrong scripture. Given, it will be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. That's a good scripture, though. Be merciful, just as your Father in heaven is also merciful. But remember this, as we talked about Wednesday night, that scripture given, it will be given to you. We automatically assume and we use that for tithing and we say this is about money and blessing. But the reality is, if you look at the whole context of that scripture, money and wealth is not even mentioned. It talks about giving mercy and forgiveness and understanding and patience 
to people, talking about attributes really of our life and character traits that we need to have in our lives. But remember this. Jesus is simply stating a broad principle of giving, period. And what is he telling us through that passage? He's telling us that whatever we give, it's going to be given back to us. So money does fit in there, just like mercy and grace and kindness and forgiveness. But with the same measure we use, the Bible says it's going to be measured back to us. So we've just got to be really careful in how we're given. Don't get a wrong heart. Don't allow receiving to be the motive behind why you give. I'm giving because I've got a big bill coming in, so I'm going to pay my tithes and God is just going to give. Don't allow that to be the motive behind why you give. Because really then you're allowing the spirit of mammon to control you because it's about I need money and I need this and I need, I need God. I need God. You need God. We need God's blessing in our life because he's the one that can bless our life. One last scripture, Malachi 3, 10 and 11. Bring all the tithes. Bring everything that you have in your life, that tithe, into the storehouse. And if you've got a question what the storehouse is, God says that there may be food in my house, church. This is your storehouse. This is where God wants you. And God says, and put me to the test. Try me now with this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, not little portholes, floodgates, and I will pour out for you such blessings, there will not be room enough to receive it. God's not a God of waste. God's a God of sowing. Come on, God's given you more so you can sow more. Come on, that you can touch other people and you can be a greater blesser. And I will, I love this. God says, and I will, by the way, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. For whose sake? For your sake. Whose sake? My sake. God says, as I give, he's going to personally take care of the devil that's opposed to everything in my life. Personally, the struggles and the situations. God, I'm going to take care of it for your sake. Come on, think about that. God's working on your behalf right there. And he says so that he will not destroy the fruit of who? Your ground. He won't be able to take from you, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for who? For you, personally for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. God says, I'll do it. Signed, sealed, delivered. God says, I'm yours. Come on. Put me to the test and see if I'm able. Listen, everything we have can either have mammon controlling over it, the spirit of this world, or it needs to be the spirit of God. We can't have one or the other, or we can't have both. It's got to be one or the other. You can't serve two. And I'm telling you, Kelly and I, in our lives, I'm not preaching to you anything that I'm not living. And I was taught and I have lived and will continue to live. No one will ever convince me otherwise that tithing is not true because I've seen the rewards of it. I know what it does. And I'm telling you right now, Kelly and I have determined that our home, that the Spirit of God be upon our children, upon everything we have. We we don't want the Spirit of the world in our place. Come on, we don't want the world, the greed, the selfishness, the ambition, the things of this world. We need God. You need God today. You need God today. Would you stand to your feet with us today? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. 
Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.